welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one meaningful page of Talmud a day. Our page today, Eruvin 100, it's not easy. I'm going to start with no introduction and just read the question that the rabbis are asking. And Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi said, anyone who forces his wife to perform the conjugal mitzvah will have unworthy children as a consequence. Rav Ikabar Chinana said, what is the verse that alludes to this? And he quotes also that the soul without knowledge is not good. Proverbs 19.2. If intercourse, says the Talmud, takes place without the woman's knowledge, i.e. consent, the soul of the offspring will not be good. These questions of consent, unsurprisingly, are not ones that are unique to our time. Uh, they are questions that our sages have thought about deeply. And here to help us make sense of their thinking is Rosh Yeshiva at Hadar, Rabbi Aviva Richman. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for engaging me in conversation around this really interesting and, and provocative page of Talmud. It is completely our pleasure. So help us make sense of what the rabbis are seeing. What are they talking about? What is their worldview? What, what are we to take from them? Uh, unpack this very jagged paragraph for us. So I would say there's really two aspects of this statement that are worth exploring more. One is that the rabbis name that it's a problem. It's not a good thing to force one's wife into the act of sex. And that's certainly interesting if we're trying to kind of trace a history of sensitivity around something like domestic violence and even domestic rape. The idea that the rabbis are sensitive to this it's important, and there are other statements on that page that similarly say that it is forbidden to coerce one's own wife into the act of sex. And um, at the same time, the framework this is given, it's not an entirely strictly legal consequence for doing this, for coercing one's wife. We see here that their children will end up being damaged in some way. And that, I think, plays on a fear that that people continue to have today, like, will my, will my baby be born, you know, healthy, or will there be some problem there? And the fact that the rabbis kind of tie these two things together is on the one hand, naming this problem of coercing one's wife into sex as, as it's a problem and it can lead to drastic consequences, but also it's not actually given a kind of proper legal consequence. So when we think about the legal import of this statement over the history of kind of Jewish law and how it's played out, the fact that it has a little bit more of a kind of rhetorical mode here may give less weight for it to be a really actionable thing, right? For this to actually be the rabbi saying it's illegal to force one's wife into sex and there's certain legal consequences. And in a way here, the legal weight of it is, is taken away by this formulation. And so those of us moderns who read this paragraph and are seeking some kind of, of wisdom to take away, I mean, obviously, we thankfully have since addressed these legal concerns in our own secular justice systems. But if we want to take some kind of insight from this stuff to help propel us forward on this supremely important topic, how are we to look at it? How are we to understand it as a kind of operating principle? Yeah, so I think it is actually an extremely powerful thing that the rabbis here and elsewhere in the Talmud, you know, when they sort of think of, of sexuality, it certainly is a private matter, um, but also the rabbis think that there are certain 
more pious ways to act around that. And there are actually real standards that people need to uphold, even within the, the privacy of this kind of act. And so the idea here of, um, yes, living a life of Torah and trying to live a life of, of doing the right thing that will even enter the bedroom and the rabbis are not shy about that. And it is a very powerful thing, I think, to see here, um, even in this very early source kind of pre-feminism text, that there is sensitivity towards making sure that even, right, even you could approach this as, right, well, once there's marriage, the husband could do whatever whatever they want with their wife. We know that there are some cultures that approach it that way. And the idea here that the rabbis are actually kind of limiting that prerogative and advising that um, one needs to be sensitive towards what their partner wants in a given moment, that I think is actually an extremely powerful message that didn't have to appear in the pages of the Talmud. And it is striking that it does. You know, that was sort of very much my takeaway when I read this paragraph. While I completely, of course, share your your deep concern over the legality that seems to be missing from their interpretation, the notion that it comes back to the soul of the child and that it's predicated on a pasuk, on a verse in the Bible that, that has to do with the soul was, to me, kind of a beautiful reminder that really when intercourse happens, it is not just a sort of like bestial, bodily, uh, pleasurable act. It is rather, you know, a communion of two bodies and two souls of two human beings kind of coming together into one in this, you know, mystical way that Jewish tradition has a lot to say about. It. And this was just, again, a reminder, hey, guys, you know, sex is really holy. Treat it like that. Don't don't debase it with, with your sort of earthly appetites. Yeah, and I will add the continuation of that verse in Proverbs this piece that we read together quotes the part about the problem of not having knowledge, not having consent. And the continuation of that is one who moves hurriedly blunders. And I think there also the idea that, you know, even in sort of a, a moment of something that can often be driven by passion, the idea that you still have to exercise care and within that is something that can certainly resonate as we think about our own sexual ethics. A man to that. Rabbi Richmond, thank you so much for being our guest today. Great to be with you. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.